everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I am joined by LA-based personal trainer, Michael Myers. Michael has worked with a variety of pro athletes and A-list celebrities such as Alicia Keys and Pink. And he believes that if you want to change your life, your lifestyle, your health, your fitness, your body, it all starts with your mindset. I've been looking forward to recording this episode for months. Michael is somebody who I look to for motivation and for inspiration. So let's dive in to this week's episode. Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by, and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate, and inspire, so I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. All right, Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Oh, I've been looking forward to this uh, since we first connected, actually, a few months ago. And for the listeners of the show, maybe if they follow on social media, then they might recognize your name and they might uh, understand, you know, the project we're going to be working on together very soon. But for any of those that don't, they'll just have to uh, stay tuned for that. But more things to come in the future with Michael. But firstly, for the listeners, just to give some context really as to who you are and what you do, I'd love it if you could really kind of give us an overview of of your journey and why you do what you do. Okay, for sure. So um, like like previously stated, my name is Michael Myers and I am a fitness trainer um, out in Los Angeles, California. But more than being a fitness trainer, I consider myself to be a coach. And my whole philosophy is mental toughness over everything mental toughness over everything that's the only thing that's going to get you through life and that is what i preach to my clients from our very first session that if i can't change you mentally and what's going on in between your ears then i can't do one single thing with your body and that's been my mantra and my philosophy since i started playing grade school sports and it's carried it's carried along with me all the way through adulthood right now Absolutely. And so for you, when you, you mentioned you played sports, what was that journey transition like to from playing sports to becoming a coach, becoming a trainer? Um, the transition between playing sports and becoming a coach, becoming a trainer was basically like the smoothest transition that there could possibly be. And I say that because my whole my whole reason for being on this planet is to motivate and to inspire. So when my playing days were done after college, it was only right and it was only fitting for me to be able to jump in to a career where I was able to motivate people. I was able to inspire people and I was able to help people feel sexy in their own body and inside of their own skin. And that's like that's everything to me. If I can give somebody just a little bit of belief and a little bit of hope inside of their own body, then I have done more than my job. And what do you think it is about physical training that helps people to do that? Because we all know that sometimes, you know, I'm, you know, I've worked as a trainer for for years with clients one to one and with Group X, and you know, often I think people come to a trainer, they get to a point in their life, maybe there's a catalyst for change, and they say, you know what, okay, I want to change something in my life, and sometimes it starts with the physical. So they say, right, I want to lose. 
10 pounds or I want to, you know, train for something. And they kind of, for whatever reason, they make, they decide they need to make a change and make a shift. However, for some people, you know, that initial reason, it often changes, right? So after six months, after a year, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, you know, they have a completely different shift and a different goal, a different mindset. But what do you think that is about physical training, about pushing your body, doing something that is physically hard, that, that helps people to really take control of their entire life? doing strenuous physical activity, you can find out so much about somebody. Like when somebody is under adversity, physical adversity, when it's them versus themselves and over their own physical attributes, you open up a world of possibilities and everything is put right there on the table because you can't run, you can't hide. It is you versus you and it is time it is time to look at yourself dead in the mirror and see exactly where you really, really are. And physically, when you can take control of your life physically, it transfers to the mental, it transfers to the emotional, and it transfers to the spiritual aspects of your whole entire life. And that is what I preach, preach, preach to my clients. I tell them, I could genuinely care less about shredding one piece of fat off of your body. If I can't touch you mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, I can't do anything for you because it takes every single phase of your life to be able to grow, to be able to believe, and to be able to reach your goals and accomplishments. And there's no shortcut to that. Mm-hmm. And until until you're able to believe and get over your own insecurities and your own self-imposed limitations, I repeat, self-imposed limitations, that's when you'll be able to grow. When you can take the own shackles that you've put on your own feet, when you can take them off and you give yourself the permission to fly, that is when life truly starts. And if it takes starting a workout plan, if it takes getting a new trainer to wake somebody up or give somebody that initial spark, then that's what it takes. But all the trainer can do is give somebody a spark. If they don't let that spark ignite that fire within their whole body, nothing changes. Mm. Yeah. And you I completely agree with you that it can't just be the training. It's not just one hour of movement in your day. It's connected to everything. You know, how you show up to do that class or to do that practice or that workout is literally your energy. That's how you show up in your relationships. Right. It's how you show up right. at work. It's how you show everything. up for your kids, everything. But everything. I really want to hone in on the fact that you said your own limitations and the shackles that you put on your own feet. Now, this is something, again, we've discussed before. I wrote about this a little bit in the book, in the Power Hour book, where I said, you know, your circumstances, everybody's a difference. And we don't all start in the same place. We don't all have the same access, the same privilege, the same education, the same health. We all start from a different place. However, the circumstances which you are in are not the limitations. They're just the parameters in which you have to succeed or you have to continue. So why is it that you focus so much on, you know, people putting, limiting themselves and saying, okay, it's down to you to make a change? Well, I put so much emphasis on that because if you take a look at every single aspect of your life, wherever you are, good, bad, or indifferent, it is a direct reflection of your own thoughts and what you've manifested for yourself. So it's like, okay, if you feel you're at the lowest point in your life and things can only continue to keep getting worse, hey, Things are only going to continue to keep getting worse because you are manifesting nothing but negativity for yourself. So when people can change their own internal dialogues within their own mind and actually speak some positivity in life into what it is that they're trying to manifest, the whole world will change. 
And I say the whole world will change literally because everybody is in a positive frame of mind. But the average person is walking around with the I can't, I won't, it will never happen for me. And it's like, hey, you are only manifesting more losses for yourself because you don't even have a winner's mentality. Like you don't even have a growth mindset. Like you, you talked about it in the Power Hour book, the um the book Mindset. I think it was by Carol Cat. I don't Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck, exactly. Um, and when I was reading the Power Hour and you started touching on that, it started giving me chills because that's I, I love that mindset book because everything I preach is about the mindset. And if people are walking around with just fixed mindsets all day, there is absolutely no room for growth. And when you can change that fixed mindset into a growth mindset, the options are endless. Like the glass becomes half full, the weather becomes warm, your life becomes great, and you become more inspired because you've opened up a whole new world of possibilities because you've taken off your own limitations. People are, people are scared to succeed, so they never start. They rather live in that place of, ah, oh, I should have, could have, would have, opposed to I just did. And it took every ounce of everything I had, but I made it. And now I'm ready for the next task. I'm ready for the next accomplishment. Yes. Well, you know that we're on the same page and I agree with you. But if someone's listening to this show and they're thinking, okay, well, that's not as easy as that, Michael. You know what? Actually, I didn't have parents that supported me or I don't have any money right now because I lost my job or I'm overweight and I find it really difficult to even get out and start running. Like I can't do these things that you're saying. It's like, you know what? It's a result of your own thoughts and you need to fix up and change it. But it's not my fault because X, Y, and Z. And this is the list of reasons on and on and on and on. There's all these things, external factors. That's not my fault. You know, like what do you say to that person? The first thing I tell them, excuses are tools of incompetence used to build monuments of nothingness. So I say, when are you going to get rid of the excuses? Because we can't go, we can't rewind time and give you parents that loved and supported you. We can't rewind time and do that. We can't rewind time and keep you in the university so you can get that degree so you can feel like you've accomplished something. We just can't go back in time. But what we can do is change the way we think inside of our head. And when you hold yourself as a prisoner inside of your own brain, it is death. Like you are signing a death sentence. It's like, sir, all day you sit around and think negative thoughts by yourself inside of your own head. Now, let's say that again. All day you sit at home by yourself thinking negative thoughts inside of your own head. Now, nothing I said right there equates to a win. Nothing I said equates to growth. Nothing I said equates to positivity because you're only putting cancerous thoughts inside of your brain. And it's like when you could just change one I can't to I can, it opens up the gray skies. And it's just that simple. Like it, the, the 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 power of thought, the power of the, the words that you choose to say to yourself is everything. And I don't care how many losses you've taken. I don't care how long you felt like you've been you've been losing or, or counted out. If you can change one I can't into I can, it will make a world of difference. That's what I'll say to that person. Just change one I can't to I can and see what happens during your day. 
Yeah, and start there, right? So maybe don't start with the whole, the end goal, but as you say, start with one thing, one thing today, one thing you can do, tick it off. And almost as well, I I sometimes think with that, it gives you, gives yourself proof. I often say to clients, give yourself proof. So you want to do this thing, go and do it. And then you're proving to yourself that you mean what you say. Mm -hmm. You're proving Mm -hmm. to yourself that when you say, I am the kind of person who gets up and does X, you did it. You actually prove it. it. Don't worry, but prove it to anybody else. Prove it to yourself first. Because as you say, that small win can start to be, you know, the first domino to fall. So Michael, I'd love to know, you know, we've all had challenges in our lives. We've all had ebbs and flows. It's never just, you know, plain sailing, no matter who you are, no matter what you do. Now, I know you're very modest and humble and you haven't even touched on the number of incredible celebrities and A-list stars and the people that you've worked with in LA and, you know, all of that. But I'd love to hear from you, you know, have there been any challenges? I'm sure there's been many, but can you think of any examples of challenges that you've had to face and how have you overcome them? Well, I mean, you said it, you said it best yourself. Um, I train out in LA. I've worked with numerous different celebrities and people of that, of that caliber. But I mean, I'm in LA. I'm in the mecca of superficial BS. I'm in the mecca of people wanting to do everything the shortest, fastest, quickest way, but want to be seen and want to be held up as the the world's top trainer or the world's best this or the world's best that. So, I mean, I've taken a lot of losses. I've, I've lost clients. I've lost job opportunities. I've, I've, I've been, I've, I've held myself captive inside of my own mental space, but each and every time I come up on an obstacle or opposition or something that could break me, I just take a step back. I breathe. And I know that I was put here on this face of the planet to promote this message of positivity, of I can do it, of mental toughness. Like my purpose is to inspire. And the vessel that that, that God has given me to inspire people is through fitness. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of that. So like I touched on before, I, was, I, I, I am an athlete. I, I played football my whole entire life, all through college. I had the dream of going to the NFL and I failed. I failed myself. And it's taken me, it's taken 10 years, 11 years, 12 years to really think about why I didn't make it into the NFL. And it's me. It was me. It was my focus. It was my, it was my, my ego driven it was my ego-driven personality that just wanted to be a professional athlete, not necessarily for the sport, but for the accolades, for the treatment, for the money, for the women. And it wasn't just for the sport. And I can take, I can take a step back. I can analyze everything I did on my quest to making it to the NFL after I graduated from college. And I only have myself to blame, but it's fine. I don't I don't punish myself for it anymore. I don't walk around with my head down anymore. I'm not insecure over that fact. That's something I would have to live with forever. I dropped the ball on my hoop dream, which is okay because I was able to pivot. I was able to I was able to dig deeper inside of myself and I was able to create a whole new identity. And when I say a whole new identity, when you've been an athlete your whole life, you're identified as that athlete. But when football was stripped away, I'm just now Mike, the regular guy. 
And my whole life, since I was five years old, I've been like the athlete. So it was really about taking a step back and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, who I wanted to be, and how I was going to be able to get my message across. Wow. That's so powerful and so honest as well. And you know, when you said then, you know, I only had myself to blame. That gave me chills because I think deep down, we all know when something happens in life that, you know, when we know we're the reason and we think, you know what, Adrienne or, or Michael, you know, whoever's listening, you're thinking, okay, you only have yourself to blame. That that place, that real honest accepting that is hard to do. And then, you know, you went on to talk about identity and not allowing that to to consume you or to become your identity. You know, we know those people, I know those people, older people who they're almost a martyr to something in their life that happened, as you said, years and years and years ago, you can't go back. You can't go back and, and change that story, but and not allowing that to, yeah, to become your identity, to consume you. And so forevermore, that is your story. You know, I love the fact that you've said there's no shame. I don't carry shame about it. It's just that's what it is. And you make that decision, you move on and you look forwards because, you know, you can't look back and look forwards at the same time. You have to choose. You can only do one. And I think thank you for yes t- telling us that because it's incredibly honest to, to yeah. play it back that way. See, I feel I feel that people can learn so much from the pain of failure. And you like when people when you can really sit down with yourself in a room. And you can just dive deep mentally and start doing the work and, and, and overcoming the pain of failures and losses. When you can use that energy of the pain that you felt from that loss and then transfer that into the next thing that you're trying to do. Oh, my God, you have so much power and you have so much fuel because that pain, that pain is real. And it will never leave. It will never leave. Like when it comes to whatever circumstance or whatever situation you are drawing from or thinking about, that pain is still there. Have you worked through it? Have you overcame it? Yes. But the initial pain of what it was that triggered you will always be there. And when you can use that pain as motivation and fuel for your success and your greatness, oh my God, like you can't be stopped. Mm -hmm. You can't be stopped. And, and, it's all about doing the work. Like things happen in lives. Relationships fail. Jobs end. Friendships end. Use that pain for your next project. Use your knowledge for your next project. Everything that you go through in life is teaching you something. You just have to be able to put it in the category of what it is trying to teach you. And so many people just try to block things out like, oh, that was too painful for me. I don't ever want to think about it again. Well, ma'am, when that situation comes back up again, which it will, wearing a different mask, how are you going to handle it? Because you didn't do the work 10 years ago to get over the first time. It's just going to keep slapping you in the face like an, an athlete. So I have a I have a boot camp company as well called Ultimate Athlete Bootcamp. And me and my business partner, our, our, our definition of an athlete is somebody who's able to identify assess, process, and overcome adversity. Once again, an athlete is a person who's able to identify, assess, and process adversity. It's not a matter of being reactive. It's a matter of being proactive because adversity is looming its face around the corner every time. And if you're not aware, 
If you can't identify it, it's going to slap you in the face every single time. But it's going to feel like a punch from Mike Tyson. And you're going to wonder why you keep getting knocked out. But all the signs are there if you just open your eyes and become aware. Yes. Write it down, people. Identify, assess, and pros- process. Because I think for me, the assess part is the maybe the missing piece when you said, you know, people ignore it. It's kind of like they might identify that this was an issue, this was a problem, this didn't go my way. But I think the assess part is where the blame comes in, where the excuse is. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that already, but blaming mm-hmm. others. Okay, this isn't my fault. This person didn't like me, or that person, you know, has more than me, or XYZ. But actually, I think mm-hmm. the assess part, you really have to turn that to yourself and say, okay, what could I have done in this situation to have made a better outcome? Or what can I do next time? You know, I was smiling when you were talking about uh, the, the pain of, of, of failure, because for me, I know exactly when you said it, I can think of clear examples in my mind where I have literally said in my head, I will never feel this again. This so the exactly. next time something happens when I'm like, you know what, do you <sighs> want to feel that thing again? No, Mm-mm. get to work. Mm-mm. Do you want to feel that thing again? No, do the Mm-mm. research, do the work, do the work. Because I know whether it's, I don't know, whether it's training for a marathon, whether it's prepping for uh, a meeting, a conversation, the certain things where whether you've been overlooked in the past, whether you've failed in the past, whether you've, like you said, let yourself down. I have said that in my head. I will never feel this feeling again. And it does. It's like you said about being unstoppable. It fuels you. Like when people say to me, they're like, Adrian, you've got so much energy. They think that, oh, you're always happy. You're always smiling. You're always Mrs. Like optimistic, energetic, positive pants. And I'm like, yes, I am. But that doesn't mean that I haven't, as you said, experienced adversity and pain. And that is what has fueled me to go. I'm not going back there. This is only forwards. And it's so, so powerful. I wish I could. Sometimes I wish I could give it to people. And actually, I listened to an interview with a pro footballer from America and he was talking about his son growing up. His son was a a teenager saying, dad, you know, I want to be like you. You know, I want to be a pro sportsman and I want to train like you. And he said he didn't have the kind of whatever it was, the fire in his belly, that fuel, his son didn't Mm -hmm. have it. And Mm -hmm. And he said to him like, dad, I want to be like you. And his dad turned to him and said, I can't give you nothing. And he said, I had nothing. And it fueled me to to do everything that I did to focus to train and he said son I and it just stuck it's like literally stuck with me I remember that him saying I can't give you nothing and it's just so powerful to think you know what I wish I could give people something that they really feel it so that they go so they know that feeling that they never want to feel that again right it's it's crazy because I think back to like just some of my motivators and what keeps me going. And like my, my dad is like my biggest like motivator because I think about where he came from in his life and what he was able to, to provide for me. And I'm like, okay, if this man was able to come from Florida, if they would have come from hell basically, and then was able to give me the whole entire world. If I can't do that times 10 for my children, then he failed because I was given every opportunity in my life to be a success. And if I can't generate that for the next generation of Myers to come, then I failed him. When he was given nothing, he made everything. So now that I was given everything, I have to make that 10x. So that's one of my motivating fuels is like, I got to be as good as my pops, if not better. Because I, I was given more and, 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 and I have a growth mindset. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, yeah, like 
it, always trying to be better and, and just being aware. And it, it's funny when, when you said people always come up to you, Adrian, how do you, how do you stay so positive? How do you stay so motivated? It's like they would never know if you were going through hell at that, at that particular moment because you're not wearing the hell on your sleeve. It's internal. You know what you're going through, but you're not going to cast that negative energy to anybody else that doesn't need it. There's a time and a place to hone in. When I'm out here in public dealing with people, now is not the time to be in my own feelings. Like now is the time for me to make sure that everybody else is good. Everybody else is in the headspace that they need to so we all can win. When I go home, that's when I can dig down deep into my own issues. But that's not for society to help me sort out. I don't need pity from anybody. I can pity myself and, and work my way through it. Yeah, it's interesting to think about it in that way, actually, because, yeah, it's certainly, I think, as you said, sometimes if there's still a lot going on, which there always is for people, you know, in life, sometimes it is that thing of, you know what, this isn't, this isn't to share or this isn't to, to kind of be, I don't know, in that moment. But also alongside that, I think it doesn't take me, I think I'm such a practical person and I tend to think about things in such a like process way and actually mm -hmm. sitting in, okay, this isn't going great or, oh, I want to do that and I can't or, oh, you know, it doesn't take me closer to the end goal that I want. So it's just a useless thing to do. And that's not to right. say, you know, just pretend everything's fine and get on with it and dust it off. But yeah, as you said, there's moments and there's times to lean in and kind of go, you know what, let me feel this feeling and that is enough. But honestly, yeah. given, yeah, the challenges in my life, I just feel like it does, it's not a useful exercise. It's not going to take me closer to the end outcome that I want. And so I prefer to just, yeah, keep it moving. I'm just like, yeah. let's, what yeah. next? What next? That's always my thought is, okay, this happened. It wasn't great. What next? What next? It's like, okay, we're here. Like we are in this terrible situation. Okay. It sucks. But what are we going to do? Are we going to dwell on it all day? Or are we going to fix it? Like, yo, get your tears out. Cool. Cool. Everybody needs that emotion. Everybody needs the sorrow. Everybody needs the pity. But how long are you going to live inside of that? You lose a championship game. How long are you going to live inside of the pity before you get back to work to figure out why you lost that championship game? Because that 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 pain is not going to leave all offseason. It's going to be there. You lost. But are you going to be thinking about it? Are you going to be using it as motivation to get better? Like, how are you going to use the pain? Like pain, I talk a lot about pain because pain is what drives me. Like I can think about things in high school that pissed me off to get me fired up for my last set. <laughs> I'm 34 years old, but that pain, I still feel, which is fine. I've worked my way through it, but I can go back and pull from it and get the energy that I need to succeed in whatever endeavor that I, in what, in whatever endeavor that I'm trying to accomplish. And everybody has something that they can draw from, whether it's positive, whether it's negative. Yeah. That they can use as motivation. You just gotta, you, you just have to be able to go there. You gotta be able to go there. Yeah. And to be honest, because it doesn't always have to be so for, for us, you know, we're talking a lot about training and there's these physical examples, maybe whether it's a game or sports or a marathon, but there's also, you know, for someone listening, maybe it's, I don't know, when you're at school and, you know, we get pigeonholed, we get put these labels on us of, you know, being smart or not being smart or being the, the sporty kid or not being the sporty kid or whatever. And I often think that actually those limitations can stay with us too. So if someone telling you at school that you're not that smart or, you know, you're, you, you know, you know, even 
even humiliating you for it, actually. I think for mm-hmm. me, you know, I'm someone who I, I, you know, I love to talk. I talk a lot. I, you know, as well as this podcast, I also deliver, you know, keynotes. I deliver workshops and motivational talks to the employees of brands. Now I'm someone who's, I have put in time and work and effort and energy to become a better speaker. Everything from writing down words that I want to use in my vocabulary and kind of thinking I want to have a vernacular, which allows me to to really express different emotions, to portray different things, to be a better storyteller, to paint a better picture. I've done that intentionally. Now, some people will say to me, oh, but you're a brilliant speaker or you don't, you don't, you're not nervous to speak in front of people. The first time I ever had to stand up and deliver a talk, I was so nervous and I'd written it down. I'd worded, I'd pretty much memorized it word for word. I have watched videos of myself speaking, which was just you know, painful to watch. I'm oh cringing and I'm trying to take out, you know, verbalisms. I don't want to say, um, um, or I don't want to say, and like, like, so I'm watching the video and trying to take out verbalisms. I might listen back to a recording where someone's asked me a question and listen to the answer. And how did I articulate that? And did I give enough context? Was I going off on a tangent? These things have taken time, effort, energy, and years. But I sometimes mm-hmm. think it's because you know, as I said, at a school, you get these different labels. And I think, you know, teachers that I had who didn't think that I was smart or who didn't think that I could achieve or kind of put me down and probably didn't think I could read a book, let alone write one. Mm-hmm. I think that is in there still. And it does, it can fuel you. It can either keep you stuck. So you think, you know what? I'm not smart. I can't do that. Or I can't write a book or I can't be a TEDx speaker. Or it can fuel you the opposite way. And I just think, I I think I outwork people. I work harder because I don't think that I'm good. Not not that I don't think I'm good enough, but I just think I need to get better. So I'm going to work more. I need to get better at that. I'm going to work more. So when people sometimes, yeah, see and think it's just natural, don't, don't, I guess, don't assume, don't assume that people, yeah, yeah, don't assume that people haven't put in that work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I just wanted to, to, to highlight that, but for anyone listening now as well, given the, the last year and a half, almost two years actually living through this pandemic, there has been, you know, a lot of change, a lot of challenge for so many people, whether they've been ill themselves, whether they've had to lose their job, whether they've been homeschooling their children, whether they've put on a stone in weight, all of these different things, people are saying, you know what, and it's just been on and on and on. It's months of feeling kind of down and this heaviness. And if someone's listening to this and, and, they're finding it difficult right now to have the motivation to even start. What are some practical things? You know, I think the best advice is actionable advice. So do you have any practical kind of steps? What does it look like for someone to get started today? Uh, So what it looks like is first and foremost, people need to know that it's going to take work. Like it's going to take physical, active work, not passive work. Not just sitting around thinking like you got you need to go get a spiral bound notebook. You need to get a couple pens because you're going to be running through some ink because you need to sit down and figure out why you feel the way you feel. Like write down a list of like if, if people sat down and wrote a list of 10 positive things that happened to them in the past year and a half and 10 negative things that happened to them in the past year and a half. And they have to come up with 10 things. Okay. Start there. Like, right, right. Figure out what it is that's holding you back. Figure out what it is that makes you want to cry. Figure out what it is that makes you happy. Learn who you are. Learn what your purpose is. Like, once you learn what your purpose is, 
the world opens up because now you're living for something. Like there's so many successful people who hate what they do, but they they make money from it and they just go through life hating what they do, but they're able to make money, but they have no purpose. Like I have clients make millions, but still feel like they have no purpose. And that's the like when I hear that, I'm like, damn, like that it hurts because it's like you don't have any purpose and you're just like out here. Like you're just out here, like naked, just doing what you have to do to get by, even though it's making you a lot of money, but it's bringing you no internal happiness. People need to sit down and figure out what drives them, what makes you happy, what gets you out of bed with a smile saying, I can, other than, oh shit, it's another day. Like it's never just another day. It's always an opportunity to succeed. So I tell people, sit down, get a piece of paper, get a pen. And start diving in and doing the work because that's the only way it's going to get done. Figure out what you did in that last relationship that made it fail. What did you do at the last job that got you laid off? Because it wasn't it, it wasn't just by osmosis that they picked you to get laid off. Mm-hmm. There was other people they could have chose, but your lack of something led to them choosing you. What was it? We're not perfect. So we have to be able to go inside of ourselves, see where our shortcomings are, change it and move forward. Yeah. And but you, it all you know, starts with the work. Yeah. So start with the work. I love that. I love that example as well. Just grab a pen and paper. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be sign up to this, do this thing, literally get a pen and paper and start with that list. I definitely do that. Uh, you're like me, Michael. I know you read a lot of books. And so if someone's thinking, okay, this is, a, they can only do so much by themselves. And they're thinking, okay, I, what do you think about this idea of accountability and actually getting support from someone else in your network, whether that's a friend, whether that's someone in your family, do you think that's valuable to to do that and to kind of open that conversation wider and say, you know what, maybe telling someone, I want to make a change in my life and I need you to help me, support me and be, keep me accountable because I know that tomorrow, next week, whatever, I'm going to fall back to, you know, my, my previous habits and I want someone else to help me kind of stay on that track. Do you think that's useful? Yeah. See, I have mixed feelings when it comes to accountability partners mm. because on the on the the one hand, it's like okay, I'm telling somebody I'm doing this so they hold me accountable for it, okay? But then on on the second hand, if you're already a person who is going to flake, who is isn't going to live up to their word in every sense, you're setting yourself up for further disappointment when your friend asks you, yo, did you run your mile today? And you're like, ah, no, I didn't do it. And then they ask you Wednesday, did you run your mile today? No, I didn't do it. They ask you on Saturday, did you run your mile today? No, I didn't do it. Then in certain instances, you don't even want to talk to that person anymore because you feel too convicted (laughs) every time they come around because they're going to hold you accountable. So for the person with that type of personality trait, I really don't think in the calendar, an accountability partner is good. I would recommend them just like writing, like making making a making a to do list, and I, or I want to do list, and just start checking things off at their own time. But I feel like if somebody has the pressure of somebody counting on them, everybody's not reliable. Everybody's not clutch. You don't want every anybody taking the last shot. There's people on the team for that. 
So they need to know what their role is inside of their own life, inside of the own script that they've written for themselves and be honest with themselves before they bring anybody else into the equation. They need to be honest with themselves. And it's like if I was going to give somebody a book to read, I would have them start with the power of the subconscious mind because it's all about your own thoughts, the own internal dialogue, like everything happens inside of your brain. Like you can manifest anything that you want on the face of the planet. Jordan knew he was a winner. He knew he was going to do anything it took every single time he stepped on that basketball court to win. He manifested wins. Mm. And, and it hurt him that his teammates could manifest losses because they didn't believe in themselves and they didn't have that that drive. But when you have that relentless pursuit to greatness, nothing will ever, ever, ever stop or deter you because inside of your mind, you're on a path to greatness. And when you're on a path to greatness, you don't have time to think about the what ifs, what if I fail? There's no failure when you're on your way to greatness. Wow. And the visualization part of that, you know, you said it's in the mind, the visualization aspect and the the imagination, you know, we, we're the only conscious animals that we know of that have an imagination. So your your pet dog or your pet cat, they they're not thinking, OK, next Thursday, I'm going here or next summer, I'm building this. Like we are the only species on the planet with this conscious imagination, which is so powerful, as you described, because if you can literally just lay in your bed with your eyes closed and visualize and really visualize to the point where you can smell it you can taste it you can feel it it actually you know the the parts of the brain that are that are active if you're in an if for example you were in an mri scanner what the scanner would show is the parts of the brain that are highlighting that are active when you do the visualization are the exact same parts of the brain that would be highlighted if you were doing the thing so for example if i said to you okay close your eyes in the mri scanner and imagine a shiny green apple and then imagine that you're taking a bite of the apple the same receptors in the brain, as I said, that would, you know, saliva, the kind of the parts of the brain, the, the dopamine, all of those things are active just through visualization. There's no apple in your hand. It's just mm-hmm. through visualization. So if it's that powerful that it's actually changing the neurochemistry of your brain, then how powerful is it in reverse? As you said, when you're right. sitting going, right. oh, you know, mm-hmm. what if this could happen? And oh, what if that happens in the worst case scenario? You're planning the worst case scenario you're actually planning the worst case scenario right. to happen. Right, right. It's, it's wild. It's wild because you're saying I'm eating this apple in, in my imagination, but my brain is sending signals that it's really happening because in your mind, it is really happening. Yeah. It is really happening. It's like when you wake up from a bad dream and a cold sweat when you're being chased by 15 mobsters and you're like, oh my God, what was that? But in your mind, it was really happening. That's why you're sweating. That's why you're out of breath because it really happened in some parallel universe, whatever, however deep you really want to get with it, it happened. Mm. People don't even want to go that deep. But I mean, I was a psychology major. So everything is about the mind and why, why? Like for me, why? I need to know why before I do something, just tell me why. (laughs) And then I can process it through my mind and then I can do it. But first, I need to know why, because I'm not jumping off of this bridge for no reason. 
Michael, you why. and I, you and I are separated at birth. Honestly, this I, I, that's me. I always say I'm curious. I use that as an excuse for my incessant question asking. But that's it. I'm asking people questions. Why do you do that? What's your favorite thing? Why did you like doing that? What did you learn from it? What did you? And it's like I'm constantly asking. That's how I'm. That's me at lunch. You know, it's questions, questions, yeah. questions. Yeah. But yeah, I, my my brain works in the same way. I want to know yeah. why. I want to know who, when, what, and how. I love it. Yeah. I could talk to you all day for sure. Let's talk about the power hour. I mean, we have to. We have to, for anyone listening who doesn't know, Michael gets up early, just like me, probably sometimes earlier, actually. And I love watching your Instagram stories in the morning because you start every day with a positive message to people telling them, you know what, today's an opportunity for you to do X. What are you going to do? Are you going to make it count? Get up out of bed and do something great today. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, amen. We need to have it on speaker. So can you tell us about your power hour, about the first hour of your day? What is it all about? Um, the first hour of, of, of my day is all about bringing intention to the day. So first, it's a matter of waking up and then getting over the mental thought of it being five o'clock in the morning. Boohoo. It's five o'clock in the morning. We plan for this because either you're pl- either <laughs> either you're planning to win or, or planning to fail. Like there, there's there's no in between. So it's like I wake up. It's five o'clock. I know we're here now. Now, either I'll read, I'll either read for 30 minutes or I'll sit down and write. And one thing I really started doing after reading the power hour is I answer the six questions every day. What am I, what am I thankful for? What am I excited about? Who am I going to learn from? Like, those are all, those are all positive questions and they, and they get, they get you going Mm -hmm. because it plans your day. Like, okay, I know when I come across so-and-so today, I can really learn from them. I can take something away from them. So I need to be in a different headspace when I'm here because I know that I can learn at any given moment what can happen. Like what 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 am I grateful for? Because you got to show gratitude every single day. We're up. We're alive. We have to show that gratitude. And you just have to get ready. You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. Like life is all about preparation. And if you're just going to wake up and just try to wing something, you're already behind because your counterpart has been up since 5 a.m. planning to win the day. But you're up at 7 just, oh, I got to be to work in 45 minutes and it takes 30 to get there. Well, what have you planned for? Like you're going to start your day in a rush. You're going to start your day with that uncomfortable feeling on the inside because there's an accident on the freeway. So now you're going to be 20 minutes late. Like. You, you, you like you started your day like that. So when, then when it's lunchtime and your boss is like, where is the document I want? You're like, oh, God, I forgot all about that. I planned on doing that my first 15 minutes here, but I'm 30 minutes late. So my first hour of the day is all about like bringing positive, positive thoughts into the forefront of my mind. Just focus, 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 because it takes a relentless focus to get to where you want to be. And yes. and that's what it is. You have to bring focus. You have to bring intention and purpose into the day. And when, when I'm giving my, my morning motivational speeches, I'm talking to myself. 
Like I get, I get very ruthless and cutthroat when I talk in, in my morning motivations. And some people are like, oh, that's going to turn some people away. I'm like, I don't care who it turns away because the people who say they hate my videos but still watch them every day are the <laughs> ones that need it the most. Mm, like yeah. there's an unfollow button on Instagram. There's an unfollow button. And when you unfollow somebody, you will never have to hear from them again. But you choose to wake up at five o'clock in the morning just to hear what I have to say to critique it. Good. Because it's getting through to you. Mm. And that, that's I'm only said talking to myself. Yeah, and you said, you know, it's, do you say the word ruthless? It can be ruthless or, or people think that it's, oh, that's a bit harsh. You know, sometimes people say yeah, that they want, they want motivation, hard. but they want it to be, you know, packaged up or soft or, you know, sometimes I say to people yeah. about, do you want the truth? And actually, do you want me to say what you want to hear? Or do you want me to be honest with you? Because it's not always the same. Like I can tell people exactly what they want to hear sometimes, which is, you know what, just do your best. And if today your best is to do nothing, just rest. That's what people want to hear at the moment. I uh, So much people saying to me, what about self-care? What about rest? And I'm saying, I'm not telling you to not have self-compassion or self-care or rest. It's quite the opposite, actually, because for me, self-compassion and self-care means showing up, means doing the work. It means consistent mm-hmm. effort. And I rest. Mm-hmm. I do rest. But I think often, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a real at the moment, people saying, well you know what, that's too much. That's not very what I want to hear. So I kind of ask them, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear, which is rest, don't do anything, that's okay. Or do you want me to tell you the honest truth, which I believe is going to help you really become the best version of yourself or really get the most out of your power hour or start the business you want to start or become, you know, the relationship you want. And that is this, the real, you know, as you said, sometimes it feels, because your delivery as well, like give us an example. What are you... What, you know, I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot right now, but you've got one minute or less, 60 seconds, and I'm waking up in the morning, I'm opening my eyes and I'm looking and I'm hearing something from you. What's it going to be? Here we go. Top of the morning. Wake your punk ass up. It is Thursday and it is time to get things moving. I don't care what happened to you last Thursday. Today is new. And today we're going to start a whole process of wins. We're not going to worry about any of your losses. We're just going to think about all of your victories from your first T-ball experience. We're going to think about how it felt when you got that first diploma. We're going to think about how it felt when you got that first kiss because that was a win. We want to channel that feeling of win because we are manifesting nothing but wins today. I don't care what anybody says. You are a winner. And if you are winning in every single phase of your life, raise your hand, be happy, and stand strong in that. Because somebody around you is losing. And that once that losing energy gets inside of your body, hey, you might become a loser too. So what we're thinking about today is winning at all costs. Be ruthless. Be relentless in your path to win. Because that's what's going to get you through today. Wow. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I am ready for the day. Michael, I absolutely love it. Before we conclude this episode, because I mean, I don't want this to end. But before we conclude this episode, I have some quick fire questions for you. So are you ready for that? Yeah. All right. So quick fire question number one. If you weren't a trainer, if you weren't working in the fitness industry, what would you be doing instead? If I wasn't in the fitness industry, I would be I would be um, a child psychologist if, mm. if, if I went back to school for the continuing education, which is the reason why I'm not a child psychologist now. 
Mm, well, I mean, I think a lot of children would benefit from that if you did. So, you know, never say right. never. What I like, I know I'm getting away, but what I like to do is coach young kids so I can still get to them mentally and I can get to them physically as well. But more importantly, I can give them the little tidbits that I give people in life and everything like that. So I, I do I do coach a, a, a nine and 10 year old flag football team to get that child psychology in me. Awesome. The next generation of winners. Okay. Next question is what is something that you have, something that you love, something that brings you joy? You mentioned the fact that, you know, you can be a millionaire and be unhappy. So what is something that you have that brings you joy, which you bought for $100 or less? Oh, that's hard. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> see, I was thinking of a pair of trainers because I love, I get, I get most of my, I get most of my thinking done while I'm running. But my trainers are three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one trainer. <laughs> right, one trainer. Right, right. So, but also, I'll go book. I'll go book because one, all it takes is one book to transform your whole mind and to get you thinking about a whole new way of life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The next question is: If you were given an extra hour every single day, so you now have twenty-five hours in your day, what are you going to use that extra hour to do? I'm going to use that extra hour to to connect with people who I don't get a chance to talk to that often because it's all about connections. It's all about relationships. And when you're able to water the relationships that you don't often get a chance to water, I mean, it it, it can open up so many different things for you in business, just in getting closer to family, getting closer to friends. Um, that's what I would spend it on, connecting with people. Awesome. Who I don't really get a chance to talk to that much. Michael, this has been everything that I knew it was going to be. I'm going to listen to this episode every time I need a motivational boost because it's all very well. Like I said, I'm out here trying to, similar to you, you know, my mission in life, I'm a professional encourager. You know, I want to encourage people, give them practical advice, give them encouragement to say, you can literally do whatever it is that you want to achieve if you're willing to put in the work and if you're willing to to continue every single time you fail or every single time you get a setback. So yeah, being a professional encourager, I also need motivation and encouragement from others. And I definitely get that from you, Michael. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, thank you for tuning in to the Power Hour. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can, of course, rate, review, share this episode, share it on social media, tag us, let people know if they are in a place right now where they need a boost of of energy and also of reality, then share this episode. Let's get it far and wide and hopefully it will reach a lot of people. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.